It's the coolest tournament in music. Ohio is on fire presents Dayton's Indie Music Madness 2019. 32 artists with 32 original tracks compete for fan votes to decide the best in the world. Past winners include Melvin Robertson Jr. aka Faith Baby. Ready to go down. Elementary Liberty Project, You're Not Ready. Typical Johnson's Sleepwalker. Vote for free at facebook.com slash groups slash Dayton's Indie Music Madness and vote extra at patreon.com slash Ohio is on fire. Warning, this episode of Ohio is on fire features entertainment of an intense nature. The opinions expressed belong to those that appear on Ohio is on fire and do not reflect the views of any website that streams Ohio is on fire. Download and enjoy. episode 192 of the podcast that's getting it done i'm the host daniel diesel on this episode i'm interviewing two college friends of mine i've known them for a few years in fact i met them at a stand-up comedy class that's on campus they have it every once in a while and it was one of my favorite classes ever in college i interviewed joshua klein and autumn kinzer as they were friends during that time of that class but amazingly, over time, they, they are now an item, and they're engaged to get married, so they are official. It's an amazing story. We hear all about how that happened during our interview. We share some stories about what we learned in our comedy class, and they talk about the goals that they have, because they are two young people on the rise. Dane, Ohio, they do a lot of things in the community, and they're trying to make a name for themselves. So, and that was a, so it was a great interview that I had with Joshua and Autumn. And you'll hear that in just a little bit here on Ohio is on Fire. Plus, I will talk a little bit more about Dayton's in Music Madness 2019 later on in the show. Plus, I'm playing new music from Leaf Borby and the Family Tree. And also new music from Leggy. They are a band out of Cincinnati. So throughout the show, you'll hear new tracks from those bands as part of my music showcase here on Ohio is on Fire. I think it's now time for everyone's favorite segment. Let's get it started with O-M-V-P. That is O-H-M-V-P, Ohio's Most Valuable Pedestrian. It's a brand new list. It's a, it, Let's say it evolved from the first list that I did. This is now list number two, and it's amazing. Of course, with every story, of course, this it's an award that goes to a person or group of people or a place or entity. It has something to do with the state of Ohio, and it was done in a positive manner. There's always a story that goes with OMVP, and I, I get to that story. This week, for this episode, the story is from abc 6 onyourside.com. This story is called, Are You Eating What You Pay For? Ohio State Scientists Fighting Back Against Mislabeling. 
This article is written by Jess Pagan. This is out of Columbus, Ohio. Are you eating what you bought? You might be paying extra for the higher quality food, but it might just be the same thing as a cheaper version. Food scientists at the Ohio State University, OSU, as abbreviated, are trying to fend off food mislabeling. In a quote, this is where we do all the analysts of the samples, Professor Luis Rodriguez said as we walked into his lab at the Food Science and Technology Building on OSU's campus. And of course, it said we, that's actually the people from ABC. It wasn't myself involved, it was, it was these guys that did this. Rodriguez has been working to fight food mislabeling for more than 20 years. His passion comes from problems with imports and exports in his home country of Peru, where he says bad materials imported into the country and exported unknowingly have tarnished industries. But mislabeling is hardly just one country's problem. Late last year, New York's Attorney General mounted an investigation after finding more than one out of the four seafood purchases were mislabeled. Some wild salmon was replaced with farm-raised, and some snappers were replaced with other cheaper fish with higher levels of mercury. Another quote from Rodriguez, There are cases where these alterations can lead to food safety. In 2016, a California Attorney General charged a Napa Valley winemaker with mislabeling, causing customers to pay more than a wine was really worth. After spending years at the FDA, Rodriguez now works out of his lab in Columbus, where he's developing a program to identify food with a laser. Sounds interesting. Here's another quote from him. What we're having is a probe that is going to get the laser signal and then is going to get information from our sample into the spectrometer. Rodriguez explains we took a close look at the equipment. Simple, simply, a laser shoots through a sample of food. A computer connected to the laser reads the light pattern and identifies the food and shows it is a pure sample or it's been altered with other ingredients. Rodriguez's experiment is currently working with honey and olive oils. Foods, he says, are often tampered with to trick customers into paying extra for the premium stuff. Another quote from him, Usually, they add sunflower oil or canola oils to oils that have lesser value to try and increase the profits. Now, I'll read one more um, sentence here. In 2017, the House... Agriculture Committee directed the FDA to investigate imported olive oils, many of which could be contaminated with seed oils, poisoning allergy risk. Three years before, the FDA sampled 88 imported oils and found only three were altered. And one last quote from Rodriguez. We have been surveying several of the stores in Columbus, and we haven't found any adulterated extra virgin olive oil. All right, and you can read the rest of this article. It's at abc6onyourside.com. Of course, it's based off Columbus, Ohio. I've heard the theory that Chinese food is really rat food. It's not chicken or pork. It's really just rat food. Um, it's So it's dead rat, and they just cook it, and they, they color it up so it looks like it's different. I do say that if it is rat, and it's, it's really good rat because it tastes good. But now we're going to find out. It will no longer be a theory in the near future, this technology might be in stores everywhere. Because I imagine this would be something that would be available to the public. So you can order yourself some Pizza Hut and then use this technology that's being developed by Luis Rodriguez. Find out if you're really eating pizza or are you really eating something that's not good for you. Luis Rodriguez, 
we salute you. Because this guy, he is leading the charge in this technology among among people in this country who are doing food science researches. And this is out of Ohio State University. So it's good to know that they're good for something besides college football. And Luis Rodriguez, you seem like a really smart guy. You're changing the way that we eat our foods. You're trying to make the world around us healthy by so that when we learn about these foods... We decided we can eat this food or not. Thanks to your technology, it's all its way. Like so, I'm excited. For, I am. I am kind of excited for this technology. I think a lot of people who have trouble with their eating habits or with health in general, they care about their health. This is this is going to be. This is the game changer. This is something that's early on, and it can be big. This this hopefully this is something that can make um, Lewis Rodriguez a lot of money. This is something he can sell, or he can lease license. He can be, it becomes several profits. Can, restaurants can use these. Other places can use these. I, I would say grocery stores could use these. That way, they can show, hey, this is what you're really eating. We're not lying to you. I see this as a this is the tool of the future. As we're approaching 2020, what this is right here, this food science technology being developed by Luis Rodriguez, it's going to be a game changer in the food industry, and pretty much it's going to be used all over. I think you can use this for other things as well. We can learn what we're putting in our body. So for all that good stuff, Luis Rodriguez, you've made the list. Hopefully one day I get to interview you. But until then, you, sir, Professor Luis Rodriguez from the Ohio State University, you are O-M-V- that stands for Ohio's most valuable pedestrian OH MVP. What's your definition of success? Graduating and without all that college debt. Hiring someone out of college with the right skill set. Taking my passion and turning it into a career. Your success starts here. Owens Community College. This first music showcase on this episode, this is a band out of Cleveland, Ohio. They are a six-piece band grown from Cleveland. They deliver carnival disco sounds with their roots planted deeply in the blues. And they are releasing their debut record, Nothing Matters in a Dream. That is coming out in full this summer. But they, they have released a few singles, and they have given me permission to play those singles here on this show to give you a taste of what they are all about. Conjure in the Night... That's track number two from their upcoming album. After that, I'm going to play a little bit of Someone to Hold. That is track four from their album. You can visit them now at leafborbyinthefamilytree.com. <laughs>
got me a voice recorder as well but when we looked at the voice recorder there was no way to put the files online because yeah. it was just you used to record voices so we have two podcasts recorded that we'll never <laughs> see the light of day all right all right it's great to see you guys again long time it's really nice to see you all right it's like yes three years. it's been the 2015 was it 2016 yeah three yeah, years yeah it was spring 2016 we had that class and you because you both have graduated college since then so what's life like after college Actually, fun fact, uh, we both should have definitely by now, time-wise, but I have had to take off a semester here or there just for money, so um, I'm currently bartending, but I'm saving up money and then I'm going to finish up in the fall. And I think Josh is finishing up in May. No, it's going to be like, more like summer to maybe. Oh, so you're, I thought you would graduate. I know. No, I was still, uh, I'm still in school. Because I know some of the people in our class that graduate, and yeah. I... I'm on hiatus right now from Wright State. I got about five semesters. I got five classes left mm. and I'll officially graduate, so I'm close myself. I just got two, and uh, the whole uh, teacher striking thing kind of. Yeah. I would have graduated in the May, and then the teacher strike, and then yeah. they didn't catch something, now I have to wait till potentially the fall to graduate, and that's really upsetting. I'm yeah. an anxious student, so I didn't want to go this semester with the whole strike thing uh, yeah. happening anyway. Yeah, me neither. That was another big factor on my part. I didn't want to deal with that whole strike thing. No, oh, no. It was a mess. They finally took care of it, but it was a big mess for oh. like three weeks. And it was the liberal arts department, so it would directly have affected my teachers. So yeah, yeah absolutely. About to do with that. Um, but when it comes to college, there's a lot of great classes that can be taken at college. There's math, science, and of course, basics of stand-up comedy. <laughs> now the three of us, we met. 
in um, Michelle Messner's class for Basics of Stand-Up Comedy. Yep. What's the first thing you remember about that class now that I've brought it up? Um, I remember... Uh, I remember both of you. You guys definitely stood out. Um, gosh, I can't remember his name. It was the older guy. Um, he, he kept mispronouncing everyone's name. Was it Trevor? That was probably one of the first. No, Trevor was the, the he had no, 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 it was Miles, the, the much older gentleman. Was it Miles? No, it wasn't Miles. That, that he was younger. Oh, there yeah. was two gentlemen that were older. It was one had like a black mustache. And yeah. Black hair, that guy, and then there was another one. His name was um, Tom. Tom. He, he had like gray hair. Remember, he went forever because the light didn't come on. The light didn't come on. He went on for seven minutes. Okay. He was great though. One of them looked kind of. I remember him. He looked kind of like Rob Deerdeck. At least he reminded me of him. But he was super inappropriate. He said like things that. Yeah, oh, that's you. Jeremy. You're Jeremy. thinking of Jeremy. Uh, yes, he does look like Rob Deerdick. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the guy I'm talking about uh, was I think he was the one with the mustache. He would cough constantly. I forget his name, but um, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Right? I just remember him mispronouncing everyone's name every yeah, time. He, uh, Michelle had to get us used to introducing the person behind us. Yeah. Every single time. He yeah, poor guy. <laughs> he he really struggled to begin with, but then um, he got better though. I think we all did, but he I, re he really improved. I thought, but I thought the last performance, everyone brought out their best. I thought everyone did a good job. Except for Bavardi. Hey, 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 we're not. Sorry. We're not. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I remember that it at L. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, well, you can't. Uh, the, the, if you watch her video, you can't. It's the truth. It happened. But one thing I do remember, the first thing I keep remembering is how much fun the class was. Yeah. How I, was, how I enjoyed going to there every day and just uh, doing, I, I love doing the, uh, what was it we did? Maybe we just improv. We just got up there and just fucking just winged it. Yeah. We weren't supposed to wing it. Okay, so Josh and I talked about it since then. When you had to go up and do your uh, like your one minute monologue, oh, the one minute, we had to okay. do for day, did you practice yours like before class? I did practice. I would practice the morning before. I would write it like the <laughs> night of, thinking about what would come to me. Because if I write it like weeks in advance, I'd forget it. And whereas Michelle, she did say that usually it's best. To write something that's most current, mm -hmm. and so that's why I would do it the night before that morning. <laughs> so it <was> super current. <laughs> yes, as current as possible. Right. Or, or, or sometimes I would use a past story, so it didn't matter if it was current or not. Because yeah. I think a good story in stand-up comedy is ones that are timeless. Like you wouldn't, it wouldn't matter what was going on the day before. Right. Or not. Like if you talk about a childhood story, you know, it's right. funny. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. That, that, that's timeless. So I, I did. I, that was my strength. I, I, I was good to come up with things that were universal. So she was referencing that I never wrote any of my stuff down. Okay. Josh never studied or practiced anything. I, didn't I usually don't, but for this particular class, I <laughs> did a lot. I practiced yeah. way. I, all the night before, I, all I would do is practice. Well, babe, if you looked at the card, I would say that your hard work pulled off because you think of wrestling, you know. I was in the mid card, and you were like, towards the end yes yeah. <laughs> and I understand that reference yeah yeah I thought you wrestling <laughs> that's a that's a brutal that's a brutal criticism by your boyfriend autumn <laughs> I don't know about that you guys have to talk that out later oh, oh, okay, it's actually. yeah yeah that's right we'll talk about it later you guys are engaged I keep forgetting that yeah but I'm but I still say boyfriend sometimes once again talking about the class what was your favorite one-liner out of all the one-liners that came from that class there's so many 
I mean, I still like uh, when you performed and you did uh, Who Wears Short Shorts. Who wears Shorts. Vahid that wears Short really Shorts. I made fun of Vahid. That got us all. That's, that's awesome. the one I still remember. Uh, I, I mean, is it self, you know, self-considered that I liked Would You Fuck That Robot? <laughs> oh, you picked one of your own. Well, I liked it. To be fair, I was going to pick one of yours, but it was, my name is Josh Klein, and I am not her boyfriend. Yeah, because remember all the time she talked about her boyfriend, Josh. Yeah. My boyfriend that I talked about in my okay. uh, stand-up was also named Josh. Okay. And so Josh went after me one class, and I just talked Josh, 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 and Josh was like, my name is Joshua Klein, and I am not her boyfriend. So that's definitely one that's uh. funny now. <laughs> And it's ironic now, yeah. kind of. But also, the one that I liked, there was two that I liked. Um, the guy who, with the dark mustache, the older guy, he, he did a joke in his bit. He was like, they all look like children to me. And I, <laughs> I almost stumbled over when he did that. That was, that was just funny. That was the funniest thing he did. And the other one was from Jeremy. I remember he was talking about Bill Cosby during oh. the, when we were in class one day. Oh. He was like, TV's doctor, I don't know if I, it was an F-bomb. And he was like... Dr. Fox. <laughs> and then we, we, we had the thing about from ending, we all giggled because we figured it out. <laughs> but I always liked that one. He did, he didn't, he wanted not doing that in his final bit, but that was good. Um, but one more question about um, that class. Um, what aspects in your life do you think that class helped you with? For me, it was public speaking. I was a much better public speaker after that. Yeah, it's it, when you're doing a podcast, everything that really helps the public speaking as well. I think it uh, helped me be more confident in myself, especially like I was always told I was funny, but actually have like yeah. proof and like oh you know able to do the class and see that yeah. maybe my stuff is relatable and funny and just you know what I took out of it is just uh, meeting a lot of people, a group of people that are like oh this who are like minded as me as well and then yeah. see how different comedies work. You know? Um, so I was I'm a communication major so I'm yeah. familiar with public speaking so it was kind of I thought it would be like in my wheelhouse but it actually was super nerve-wracking anyway yeah. like way more than just going up there and delivering a speech because after that no matter what you say usually unless you stammer the entire time people clap but yeah. people can completely not they can just not think that anything you say is funny at all but um yeah I think if anything it made me just a better stronger public speaker yeah more confident in my stage presence also absolutely yeah. you're able to uh, talk in front of a crowd because like our crowd that we had for ours was basically just old white people yeah <laughs> and we're telling jokes about fucking hey, robots <laughs> yeah we were basement that is true we were talking about stuff they wouldn't have any idea about and they still giggled we still got a good we response tr- well, we tried. I had to warn my parents about a bunch of my jokes when I found out they were coming. I didn't warn my parents at all. Did they, they tell them your parents came? Uh, yeah, my mom didn't, but my dad and my grandparents came. And when your Michelle, dad and grandparents my, When um, Michelle said... My, <laughs> oh my god, your dad and grandparents came? They heard what I said? No, they left after you. Oh my before god. You. So my, grand, my grandparents was telling me about the performances, and they were talking about Michelle's line about how the Bee Gees flooded her basement. Yes. And my grandma gave a most horrific face, like, like, oh Wait, my god. What did she say? The, the, Michelle said that the Bee Gees gave, it flooded her basement. Basically, they made her vagina wet. Oh. Right? oh my god. So my grandma heard that, and she is old school as hell. So she just she like. She understood it. Like, you know the picture from the scream? Like, that That was her facial expression. Like, ah! Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. All right. Really 
Yeah. <laughs> I had to warn, I had some family members come to, I had to tell them which act was dirty, like this guy might say this, because they're, they're big in some language they're not too, they're not fans of, so I, I, I relate to that to give them a heads up as well. I did. <laughs> Although I was pretty clean, so I, had to, I, knew, I knew they were going to come, so I had, to, not, I had to dial back a little bit, but um, anywho. Um, now Joshua Klein, um, I understand that he was, um, I don't know if you're still involved with them, but he was in a fraternity. Um, I, don't know, Autumn, I don't know if he was ever involved in sorority. But, I have um, roommates that were. I'm just curious, what's that like at Rice University, being involved in a fraternity? So, uh, I'm technically still in a fraternity. Okay. Uh, we had low numbers in, at Wright State. Yeah. So we got disbanded for like a little bit, but we're going to come back with a, with a better, oh, it's just going to be low members. It okay. was not because we got in trouble drinking or whatever, no. Um, Okay. So fraternities at Wright State is very different than other campuses because we're more of a commuter school. Yeah. So I mean, we, there's no houses that there's we can no stay houses. in. There's no houses. I mean, I went to BG my freshman year and I was trying to get a fraternity there and that was all about the houses, the parties, you know, yeah. all that stuff. At, BG, uh, at uh, Wright State, it was way, way more tamer, it was way more about orga- like uh, as a group. I learned a lot about leadership and organization yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I was able to do a lot of things that I couldn't have done before. It looks good on a resume. Yeah. Um, you meet a lot of good, you know, good people and stuff like that. So, um, I, if you have any more questions about fraternity, I can tell you a lot about them. But um, if if yeah. you, I, I played football for when I was in high school. Okay. So um, I was a part of a brotherhood for like twelve years. Okay. So when I went to college, I kind of missed that. Okay. So joining fraternity was able to bond me with other guys yeah, for the same goal. Yeah. Again, I'm just curious because I never joined one myself. I mean, I, it, was, it was never appealing to me, but I hear a lot of people that did. Um, so do you guys do, like, I mean, of course, I agree with the brother thing because I involve myself with other communities. Right. And, yeah, you meet people that's just like you. Right. But um, for, I'm just curious, what do you, do you guys, did you guys do community work? Like, if you're in a frater- yeah. fraternity or sorority, you like, um, what exactly do you guys do? So usually we have a philanthropy chair that does a lot about philanthropy. Like, our uh, my fraternity, Delta Tau Delta. Okay. We did a lot with uh, JDRF, the type 1 diabetes group. Okay. So they'll be like, we'll do, like, a, a fundraiser for, for them. For them, okay. Um, sometimes we'll go to a park and clean up trash. Okay. Um, anything we could do for the community, we were all there for. Absolutely, that sounds great, man. Mm-hmm. Now, Joshua, I understand you are a big comic book fan. I don't know if um, Autumn shares that sentiment, but um, what do you read or watch right now involving comic books? So I haven't collected comic books in a while because um, they're, they're really expensive. I like collecting. Be. I like collecting hard cop- I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old school one. I, yeah. I want the hard copy and yeah. storing it. Yeah. Um, but when I was collecting from 2015 till like early 2017 was. Um, I was the first time I ever collected, so I started like a lot. Yeah. All the Star Wars that kind of was yeah. coming out of Marvel, I had to collect those. Big Batman fan. Yeah. Um, the new 52. I actually started collecting Batman when Jim Gordon was the Batman. I had to start there and I yes. read it. It was so great. That's early on. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, then I collected some Guardians. I collected a little here, there, and there. Yeah. I had to stop because it was getting too much money, and the book started piling to the point where I wouldn't even get a chance to read them yet. But mostly, I'm watching the you know, the movies. He doesn't have to hide his comic books anymore, by the way. <laughs> oh, would that be you, yeah, Autumn? No, because <laughs> my last girlfriend didn't That's like what, didn't like me collecting comics. So you had to hide it from your last girlfriend. <laughs> no. But this this new one, she's a little bit more open. Right. right. Well, that's good to hear. Technically, they are in a closet, but I know where they are. And I'm not going to do anything to them. All right. I would actually like to start reading comic books, uh, just because 
Josh does talk about him a lot, and I work at the movie theater, yeah. and so I'm all about the Marvel movies now. Yeah. I would like to have a deeper appreciation for him. We went and saw the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And I loved it, and I don't read comic books, and Josh had a much, much more of uh, appreciation for it because it was like, it was like five or six different Spider-Men in it. Yeah. yeah. And you've, you've seen it in the Spider-Verse? Um, Spider-Verse. I haven't seen a newer one, no. Oh, oh man. So there's good. so many Spider-Man references. It's just like, I love Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man and Batman are my two favorite comic book characters. Now, I don't collect Spider-Man because uh, I want to collect the older issues. Yeah. Like, I want to start from uh, Secret Wars on, but I know that's super expensive. But yeah. uh, I love uh, the Tom McFarlane run of Spider-Man and stuff like that. And, Do you um, have the Golden Age Spider-Man from when he started in the early 60s? I would like to start collecting, but they didn't mean that's hard. There. That one's hard to collect. Oh yeah, those are those. That's considered one of the best stories ever read. And of course, it's now by the late Stan Lee and Jack mm-hmm. Kirby. All right, th- th- those are really expensive to get a hold of. Yes, I would love just anytime I can. I think uh, Second and Charlie's had the first appearance of the black suit Spider-Man. Yes, and it was like for like three hundred bucks, and I had three hundred bucks yeah. on me. I was like, I almost bought it. I was yes. like, mm, I'll wait. For those that are not fans of comic books, they kind of have a stereotype of comic books and stuff, but superheroes run around in capes. Mm-hmm. But for those that are getting into it, they realize there's other books besides those. That's just one genre, Ooh. superhero genre. There's movie adaptations. Oh, yes. There's um, love. I know one one of the best ones ever um, that's, that has nothing to do with, with um, superheroes is Mouse. Have you ever heard of Mouse? I haven't heard of Mouse. It's a, it's a, um, they talk about World War II, oh. but they use mice and animals. Oh, that's funny. Instead of, well, unfortunately, it's not really that funny because they depict um, um, mouse, they're the Jews, and oh. other animals, they're Nazis. So they use animals to, to depict. It was based on a true story because the guy that wrote it, he he lived um, during this time. This was his story, but he, to, I guess, to die down the seriousness of the story because a lot of people, a lot of innocent kids and families were murdered. And uh, I guess that was a way of using um, animals, I guess, because people love animals. So it's kind of like a reverse mental effect, but it's an awesome book. It's so for anyone that wants to get into comic books, mangas are. I mean, like I started. Yeah, mangas, yeah. Uh, I used to when I was a little man. I still read mangas today. Um, yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball Super, I read that. Yeah. Um, Akira, yeah. I watch the movie. I want to read the, the manga because I know it's totally different than the movie. Yeah. But uh, I, I try to introduce uh, Autumn to comic book stuff. Yeah. I think. Game of Thrones, I know it's not comic books, but you know, it's geek, geek culture, which is kind of, you know, she's into that, and what's what yeah. we're re- I'm reading, I'm trying to read the books, so, just yeah. don't have time. Absolutely, well, you always make time, but, um, yes. um, um, I have to address White Elephant in the room, you two are now engaged, so I want to know, when did this first happen, when was this, what, what, who said what to make this official? Josh, you want to tell it? Yes. And if you mess it up, I'll interject. Okay. <laughs> So, um, I ended, I broke up with my girlfriend, yeah. my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, the other and, one, yeah. Yeah, in 2017, we finally broke up in July, uh, the first week of July. Um, so, of course, once you break up with somebody, you, you're single, you go to the Tinder game. Yeah. Right? So, I would say, like, a little bit, like, August, so a month later, um, I'd see Autumn and, you know, we like her picture. Yeah. Super liked, and then we liked each other, and we just started talking from there. And then we had our first date, and uh, we haven't stopped dating since then. We haven't gone. You were kind of dating casually somebody else, but then you stopped. You stopped talking to her. Yes. <laughs> and um, 
I was dating somebody during our comedy class too, and then he and I had broken up just a few months after the class was over. And so I had been single for about a year at the time, and I was also on my Tinder game, you know. And I recognized Josh. I didn't. <laughs> I think it was the big tattoo. The Joker tattoo I have on me. Yes. Probably. The killing joke, yeah. And then he super liked me, which is when you. It's not when you right or left swipe, it's when you swipe up and then it lights up in blue. So. Yeah, but that's he amazing. Was, he tried really hard on that one. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I remember you guys made a post on Facebook, you, you, like it was like last year, you guys said, okay, we're a couple now. You know, and I think I posted something like, oh my God. Yes. I can't believe it. So I was one of the first to respond to that. That was, that was amazing. Josh tried to cancel our first date. He didn't oh. mention that. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. You know. You know. In school, I don't know if you get like the refund checks, right? Yeah. So I was waiting for my refund check so I can take her out. I'm a broke college student too. I get it. So I did, it didn't come in like I thought it was. Yeah. And our date was happening. I was like, hey, so. Well, this is this is pretty. Every day for like two. Every day for like two weeks, he was like so excited for our date. So excited for our date. The day of, I guess he expected. <laughs> His refund check was supposed to begin and it wasn't. The day of, he was scrambling like, oh no, I don't have any money to take her out on a date. Well, we've been talking about it for two weeks. So I did the same thing. So I was talking to two girls at the time. I was talking to Autumn, I was talking to this other girl. Yeah. And I hit him with the both same line. Because I was going to have a date with her Thursday and I'm going to have another girl's date on Saturday. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I'm not going to have this money. So, uh, so I hit him with the same tactic. Look, refund check ain't come in yet. No. Uh, but when it comes in, I'll take you out, so I'll have to cancel. Oh, the girl's like, oh, that's okay, we'll figure it out. She goes, nah, just come over, I'll take care of it. Okay. I was like, this is the one. Oh. <laughs> this is the one. But that's that's very sweet. <laughs> I got a few more questions for you guys. And now, of course, you two are now officially engaged. What type of wedding do you guys want to have? Is it going to be small? Is it going to be a big A-list blowout, celebrity bash? What's going to happen? Well, we threatened to elope about two to three times a week at this point okay. and, and our wedding isn't even until we picked a date though okay uh, so it's june 20th 2020 6 20 2020 all right a year away so year away. that's yeah. an official that's announcement here on this podcast right. okay, guys. it's official Absolutely. it's official right for those who who knows us that listen to this podcast it's official right We've all right told quite a few people already. oh yeah but um it really can't be small. We would love for it to be small. It really can't be small. I have a really big family. Oh, and they, yeah, so. they gotta show up. Well, I think you guys can pull it off. But I want to know: Do you guys need a roast master? <laughs> so I'm, what does, I'm, what I'm, does not, I'm not talking about myself. I know a lot of people who are stand comedians. They're good at roasting. So I'm just curious. <laughs> I mean. What would a roast master do? I don't want. We don't like, want like a typical. We've said that a bunch. We don't want like a typical cookie cutter like everyone's wedding. You feel like you've gone to the same wedding ten times. Yeah. So a roast master would be different. It would be different. But would they be roasting us? They, yes, that's how it works. They would roast the couple. Oh, oh could man. I like write jokes? That's all. That's all. Yeah, she can. He can roast, roast him. He can roast you, and then there'd be a roast master. I he he love, roasts everybody. He roasts me all the time. Kind of like Jeff Ross. I would love to roast you at our wedding. Yeah, you guys should hire Jeff Ross. He's the roast king. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know Jeff. But Jeff Ross is pretty good because he takes celebrities and just, like, you know, yeah. makes fun of them from that. Uh, we could do, we could roast each other on that. That'd be fun. Uh, we're going to have a, uh, we're trying to have a live band do it. All right. Josh's best man's uh, mom's boyfriend is in a band that we've gone and seen a couple times, like, on new year's eve and halloween and stuff and they're really good yeah and josh and i don't agree on a lot of music 
uh, but this band happens to play kind of like the 2000s, early 2000s pop. Yeah. Which just so happens to be like the only middle ground we can agree on. Yeah, she uh, <laughs> so, she's she's more of a country pop fan. I'm more more country. Like, I grew right. up on country. Right. Is what he's meaning. Uh, That's I, not what I really listen to. I mean, I will incorporate it. Only like new country. Uh, <laughs> I don't country pop. But it's what I grew up on. Uh, I, Josh, I, that's course. fine. No shame in that. I like hip hop, so I mean, you can tell that the, the style clashes. Hip hop. You like the old school hip hop from the nineties? Yes, or I do. The, uh, me too. Yeah, I love it. Fist pump. Yeah, fist pump. Yes. <laughs> what, which uh, which are, which is your favorite artist? Well, from that era. Yeah. Um. Although he he went Hollywood, I did like early Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Depp. Oh, yeah, they right. were good when they first got started. Like, like, yeah. they were, I mean, no one can deny that. And of course, he, you know, he got soft when he went Hollywood towards the years. We all know the whole deal. Whole, of course, the whole the whole ordeal with Will Smith. Uh, um, and then, but who else did I like? Um, I mean, I liked early LL Cool J, and I also liked. They didn't have a lot of hits. This one, they were the ones that did uh, "My Mind's Playing Tricks on Me." I really love Ghetto that. Boys. Ghetto Boys. Yeah, okay, the, I really love that track. The Ghetto Boys. I see, I like Ghetto Boys too. And I have, what I do is I, I'll try to pick an artist that I know of and try to go back. Yeah. And start from their first album and see how 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 they grown as an artist. Yeah. That's pretty fun. I've, I listen to some Ghetto Boys albums. The yeah. The album where "Mind's Playing Tricks on Me." That whole album is stacked. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Wu-Tang fan. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang, like, they're like, you can think about it, they talk about Shaolin and monks and stuff like that. They yeah. even like, reference, like, comic books. They get like, really deep with their philosophy. Right, and then um, one of the uh, guys, Inspector Deck, he actually started a new group called Zarface. Yeah. So it's like, they're talking about comic books and wrestling. It's like, oh, this is, like, exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah. Do you know the Fat Boys? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, I remember with the first group, I, when I was a little kid, my mm -hmm. mom had that album. She thought they were funny. It was like, they did a, they did like a remake of a Beach Boys song, mm -hmm. like wipe out. There's a song I like. Um, I like the beat, like human beatbox. Yes. Yeah. There's the one as uh, like they go to jail in jail because oh okay. We're talking about how they just eat food and went to jail because of it. That's just like oh they're they're fat guys rapping about eating food. I'm like do you know the title of that track? Jailhouse Rock. Jailhouse Rock. Or Jailhouse Rap. Let me look it up real quick. I have it. Um, okay. I just love Apple Music because it just like... Yeah, maybe... Yeah, you should you should show me after the end of our recording. Yes. <laughs> For newer music, Josh likes uh, Kendrick Lamar. That's pretty much... That's about it. Other, other yeah, newer music, about. he's very critical. I like J. Cole. J. Cole is really good. Yeah. And it's called Jailhouse Rap. Josh Rabbit. Who's it by? Fat Boys. Fat Boys. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe I've heard it, but I forgot about it. I just, remember, really I just remember Wipeout. My mom's uh, ex-husband, ex is her second husband, showed me the Fat Boys. Okay. Absolutely. I got one more question for you guys. Now, what do you two hope to happen for yourselves 10 years from now? What do you think? Are we going to have flying cars in outer space? Or we got you guys going to win the lottery? What do you think is going to happen 10 years from now? I don't see myself winning the lottery, not because I'm being pessimistic, just because I don't buy lottery tickets. Oh, okay. So, but uh, I'm not very good at gambling. Oh. So 10 years from now, we're in our mid-30s? Yeah. I would well, I'm in my early 30s, excuse you. <laughs> you'd be 34, 35, whatever. Right. So uh, um, I would like to be starting my profession. I want to be a college professor, so hopefully I'm doing doing that. Yeah. Um, living in California with you know a couple kids with the money. My wife right here, my future yeah. wife, my future fiance. You also, you still want to be married by then? 
Well, I would hope so. I'm not doing <laughs> this. What that. was this? What is this all about? You know? I agree. That's we pretty much have the same same vision. I actually don't know what I want to do with my degree. Okay. Obviously, I'll be graduated yeah. in 10 years. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> Where it says uh, But yeah, I work there a couple days a week, and then I bartend at the movie theater at the Green a couple days a week. All right, peace, peace y'all. Peace, y'all. <laughs> It's the coolest tournament in music. Ohio is on Fire presents Dayton's Indie Music Madness 2019. 32 artists with 32 original tracks compete for fan votes to decide the best in the world. Past winners include Melvin Robertson Jr. aka Faith Baby. Ready to go down. Elementary Liberty Project, you're not ready. 
Typical Johnson's Sleepwalker. Vote for free at facebook.com slash groups slash Dane's Any Music Madness and vote extra at patreon.com slash Ohio is on fire. This summer, and in fact, it's just a few weeks time from this recording, it is the return of Dayton's Indie Music Madness 2019 edition. I'm going to have 32 artists, four genre blocks, there'll be a rock and roll block, and then a hip-hop R&B block, country block, and a pop block throughout the month of June. And then the top vote-getters from each category, they move on to the Final Four in July, and all four finalists will win some cash, and you can help raise that cash, because I'm raising money via extra votes throughout the month of June at patreon.com slash ohioisonfire. And of course, I will donate money to the total prize, so there will be money in place. Plus also, for the champion of Dayton's Indie Music Madness, they will win a plaque. Also, I got some news about the contest. There are a lot of radio outlets that take requests and they like to help music projects. I can't say who yet. I am in talks with groups of some of these tracks getting some airplay to get further exposure. But the good news is that these, these songs I do air in a few, when I start to turn a few weeks from now, they will play, I'll play it in full. As in years past, um, with podcasting and when I did replays, on the radio, I would be able to play the whole track, but then I made it like 90-second samples when I had them on radio replay because I was going to get to clearing in time. I'm getting this clearing. I'm getting this cleared up in advance. That's no longer going to be an issue. These tracks will play in full on the podcast release. You'll you, you'll hear them. Um, of course, Eventide Podcast Network helped distribute this show nationwide, worldwide. You'll hear them on all Eventide podcast releases, the whole tracks. You'll hear them at iHeartRadio app. You'll hear them at Speaker.com. We're on iTunes, Spotify. So this is your chance to get your music exposed and, and, and to get a new audience. I'm excited. I've never done a summer tournament before, so let's see how the summer goes. And I think the summer should be a lot of fun. I am really, I am really happy to be doing this tournament once again. And of course, I've had three past winners because we'll crown a fourth champion this summer. The three previous champions in 2014, we had Melvin Robertson Jr., A.K. Faith Baby, was track Ready Go Down. Then we had the Elementary Liberty Project. Their track was You're Not Ready. They were more, they were like a reggae rock group and really hip. They were out of Cincinnati, Ohio. On Faith Baby, he was from Dayton, Ohio. And the typical Johnsons, they were like suburban of Dayton, Ohio. They were the winners last year. They're one of the hottest bands in the area right now. They had their track Sleepwalker win it all in a field of 36. This year will be a field of 32 from four different genres. So please support it because the next episode will be week one. As I'm taking a two-week vacation between shows, as you hear this, you'll hear a classic replay when I release a podcast for Eventide Podcast Network. You'll notice there'll be another It'll be a replay of a classic Dayton's Any Music Madness episode. And then June 6th, mark this down, Thursday, June 6th, on Patreon, you will hear the show early of Week 1 Rock. And of course, Nationwide comes out Friday, June 7th. And the week after, Thursday, June 13th, will be Hip Hop. You can download that and listen to that and vote for these tracks. 
And you, where to vote for these tracks, you go to facebook.com slash group slash Dayton's Any Music Madness. For the free votes, you can vote for free at the polls available there. And if you want to vote extra, there'll be three additional voting polls you can pay for. It'll help support the prize money for the four finalists. That's at patreon.com slash Ohio's on fire. And there'll be three different ones. For one extra dollar, you get a second pool. For for the five dollar tier, you get a second pool, so you can vote three times. And for twenty-five dollars, you get a third extra pool, and you can vote up to four times with the free poll at Facebook, and then if you decide to vote three additional times at Patreon, you can do it. So I would say stay tuned to news. Once you listen to this podcast, I'm updating the um, field every day, every other day, telling you who's in it, what I need from the people and the community. And let's do this. So maybe, and I got a few things to announce as part of Last of Ohio before I wrap up this episode. But yes, we are in the month of May as I do this show. I am trying to raise money for Xenia Area Fish Food, and I am doing this through Patreon. Of course, once again, it's patreon.com slash Ohio is on fire. Go there, pay for one of the tiers I have available. All proceeds this month is going to that charity. So I'm not making a single penny this month. I am donating this money to them. And at the very least, I am going to personally donate some money. So even if it's up to you if you donate. Like I said, you're not obligated. You want to because it's in your heart too. I'm just asking to help me out because I do. I am doing a good deed by helping these guys. I will donate some money. They'll get that sometime in early June. In addition to anything I can raise for Patreon.com. Slash Ohio's on fire. So please do that. Please help me out. I'm going to plug it hard this, these next two weeks. Hopefully we can raise a little bit of money for good causes. Helps people in Greene County to get food that otherwise can't afford food or they're hard pressed to get access to food and what it is you go they're open every Wednesday and Thursday you go there um, sign up there's like a sign up sheet they give you a number and then they have volunteers they lead you through they tell you which what you can pick up um, when they, they lead you to all the counters of pop desserts meats canned vegetables it's anything you can imagine and it changes every month. They get new foods all the time. So it just depends on what time of the year it is. They help you. Yeah, I've done it a few times. And my friends have done it. It's someone that's helped people in my life personally. It's really amazing what they do. It's all free. You get free food if you need it. You just go there and sign up. And then every four weeks, you get to get more food if you need more food. So you can't do it every single day. Once you do it once, you're put on a four-week waiting period. Before you get to come back and do it once again. And it helps everyone that lives in Greene County. So please help me out. Raise some money to Zini Area Fish Food. So, next time I see you, it'll be Dayton's Any Music Madness 2019. Thank you for downloading. Share this with your friends. Thank you once again to my buddies Joshua and Autumn for the great interview. Hopefully I, I want to interview more of my buddies from that comedy class. It'll be quite a task because some of them... I, I've interviewed Parisa. She's a Thundertaker, and of course she's a musician. So I've interviewed three of the people. I got 13 more I got to track down and talk to. So wish me luck on that. So until then, Joshua Klein, that's the way it is.